feel a little bit quiet today? A little bit quiet? And you can talk back, you know, you know, you can talk back if you're joining us online. Please talk back on your, with your keypad. We'd love to hear from you. Because um, we, we, as long as it's nice, because we can turn you off, you know, as you, I guess, can turn us off. But um, so good to be with you. Just um, don't be so quiet in church. You know, I, I may have something for you this morning that you need to suck out of me. And you may need to encourage me. Do you, believe, do you hear what I'm saying? You know, preachers need encouraging. God's good. You know, I already mentioned this morning that maybe you've got things going on in your life where you need to see a breakthrough. We need to see something change. You ever get in a situation where you fear they feel like there's some restrictions? Feel like there's, there's some containments? Feel like there's things you could do if there wasn't the restrictions that were like maybe imposed on you or things that were coming at you from other places? Well, it's going to help you, I believe, this morning. I want to read from Jeremiah. We're in this time of prayer and fasting. Um, if you just got into that, you can catch us as we, as we go. We've got to the end of the month. Or you can, you can change your focus, I believe. Sometimes we start off a week, a, a period of prayer and fasting with a focus, and then you know, we can adjust that as we go. You ever done that? You get a bit more, you feel like you need to get a little bit more intense, a little bit more focused. That's, that's, that's good. I want to read from Jeremiah. The, the book of Jeremiah, there's Jeremiah the prophet is writing and he's, here, he's, he's speaking, he's giving to us what he's hearing from God. He talks a lot about restoration. And in Je, uh, Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 1, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in the court of the prison. saying, Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. And that little verse, that little phrase there is referring to this, Thus says the Lord who made it, who is the creator. The Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. They're speaking about, <coughs> it's referring to the covenant relationship we have with God. How do you believe you've got a covenant relationship with God? Well, that puts you in a good position. Always remember that. And he says, call to me. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know, Jeremiah is in this situation. He's in a place he says he's, he's shut up in the court of the prison, so he's had some restrictions on him. There are various times through, through Jeremiah's ministry that he had restrictions. Shut up in prisons, tried to, tried to be silenced. Do not speak of this God you, you serve. Jeremiah said, I can't not. Tried to, but I can't not. I cannot. 
Why? Because the word of God was shut up in his bones. He was shut up in his bones because he'd re- he'd, he dwelt on it, he'd received it, he'd meditated on it. He'd spent time in it. And he was shut up in his bones like burning fire. And I believe we need a bunch of people in church who've got the word of God shut up in their bones like burning fire. And we get weary of holding it back when we have to. When we're contained and controlled to be politically correct. And we can't. You have to let it out. It says, call to me and I will answer to you, show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I really believe that when we read through this and we see what God has done through Jeremiah and what he wants to do through us is that, and we sing about it, even though it seems like he's not working, he's still working. No matter how restricted you may feel, no matter what is going on in your life, don't ever forget that God is still working. And you have a covenant relationship with him. You know, but you might find yourself in a situation where you've got all sorts of things going on and living your life with such restrictions. And you can listen to all sorts of podcasts and books, you know, living your best life now. Or the seven keys to whatever. Which I'm sure will do you a lot of good. But in reality, you're saying, if only. Did you ever say that? If only this was there, that was there. If only this wasn't happening. If only that took place. If only I was in this place and not that place. If only. Did you ever say that? If only such and such wasn't restricting me, everything would be good. And Jeremiah has this such message of hope, and he has this great life to lead, but he was frequently restrained. Of course, initially, he considered his age was a restriction, or as if you like, his inexperience was a restriction. If you go right back to Jeremiah chapter 1, you know, we see that Jeremiah had a big call on his life. Church, don't ever think that you've got a small call on your life. Sometimes we think, you know, me in my small corner, or you in yours or whatever the song we used to sing, you in your small corner and I in mine, is it something like that? Some of you know that. You've got a big call on your life. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Therefore, well, sorry, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. How do you know that? Before God formed you, he knew you. Before the foundation of time, God knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, or I set you apart and ordained you a prophet to the nations. You say, well, I am, maybe I'm not a prophet to the nations, but church, you've got a voice. And if you've got the word of God to shut up in your bones, 
like burning fire. It'll come out. And it'll have something to say. And when it comes out, it'll have an effect. Then he said, Our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth. Don't say you've got these restrictions. Don't say, you know, if this and that was okay, if this and that was right, if this were, I was in this position, if I wasn't like this, I would be able to. Don't say you're a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever, whatever I command you, you shall speak. But do not be afraid of their faces. Anybody ever been afraid of someone's faces? Or not? maybe not their faces, but you've been intimidated by people? Hello? Have you ever not done something because of a fear of intimidation? Come on, it's not, that is not, you know, it's not a sin as such. You don't have to say, you know, oh, well, I'm the only person that's ever been intimidated. Put up your hand if you've never been, if you've not been intimidated by something or someone or someone's ugly face. Well, no, not ugly face, but, you know, <laughs> what's coming out of their, their face? They got a nice face, just their attitude. Yeah. Maybe they got a mask on. There you go. Do not be afraid of their faces. Church, God has not given you a spirit of fear, has he? He's not given you a spirit of fear, but of love. And of power. And of a sound mind. You're born again. If you're not born again, go downstairs. The kids are teaching on that this morning. And you come up. You're a new creation. When you got born again, God didn't put his spirit of fear in you. God's not giving you a spirit of fear of love, power, and of a sound mind. Don't be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Can't believe God will touch your mouth. The word of God is in you. You may know, you, uh, Suzanne, this morning when she just talk, told you to just turn around and, say, and speak a word, the word over somebody. You've got a word in you. You may only know one verse in Scripture. You may only, may only know the fact that you know, may, you may have only been born again yesterday and you say, the only thing I know is that God is good. Well, speak that. Touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set over you the nations and over the kingdoms. And church, each and every one of us need to get, get a hold of this because, you know, it wasn't just Jeremiah that was commissioned to root out and pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. 
And what he saw was the branch of the almond tree, which is, I think, is, is like the, one of the first things to start in that region to start budding and start coming into life. Is right ready, so I am ready to perform my word. You know, we need to be able to hear the voice of God, get hold of the word of God, and believe that God is able to perform his word. And I believe in times of prayer and fasting, it gets us to that place where we are focused a little bit more. Amen? We're a little bit more in tune, or we're getting more in tune. And I believe we find ourselves in the season where he is ready to perform his word. Because you have a big call on your life. You know, God, Jeremiah had a big call on his life. But for you, you've got a big call on your life. The Bible says, he is no, God is no respecter of persons. Whosoever will may come. You have got a big call on your life. For you, your call is big. Do you believe that? See, the kingdom of God is built on every part doing its part. I thank God that we've got people in this house who just roll their sleeves up and get on and teach kids and greet people and serve and pray. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26 through 31 says, For you see your calling. How many of you believe you're called? But not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world. I'm not saying you're foolish, but, you know, there's a foolishness in all of us. Hello? To put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world. Yeah, we've just been talking about us being strong. Yes, but there's a, you know, his strength is made manifest and made perfect through our weakness. Hello? Hello? His strength is made perfect in my faith, in my failings, in my weakness, in my insecurities. In all those things, his strength is made perfect. That's not what's written here, but it's, 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 it's his truth. Um, he's chosen the weak things of this world to put to, sh put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of this world, the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring nothing to nothing the things which are that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. See, everything should point to Jesus. Should point to Jesus. And I believe we should... Celebrate on his unassuming servants. Jesus does. People who just get on with things of the kingdom of God recognize their weaknesses, but in Christ they are strong. So in Jeremiah's day, God, God had a plan of redemption for his people and, and, and humanity, for which we have the benefits of living in under the new covenant. See, everything in Jeremiah, it's all pointing to Jesus. The prophetic word is pointing to Jesus. To root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. It says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? So I see a branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said to, said to me, you've seen well. I'm ready 
to perform my word. But you see, sometimes when you're facing multiple restrictions, it sometimes feels like God is dormant. Do you ever feel like that? And in those times, sometimes we can, we can forget. How many of you forget things you're believing for a breakthrough in? They sort of get out of your radar for a while, and you suddenly realize that because you didn't see anything happen, you sort of put it to the back, and you're just onto something else. Well, I believe God's got things in our lives that He is ready to perform for us. He doesn't sleep. He's not like the, the God of Baal who, when Elijah was having a little game with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, remember when they put the, they got their sacrifices there and they wanted to, there's this challenge going on, so they took the bull which was given them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon. <laughs> Saying, oh Baal, hear us. But there's no voice, no answer. Then they leapt about the altar they had made. And it was so at noon that Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping, or must be, must be awakened. God, our God isn't like that. Because we know that Elijah's God wasn't sleeping. <laughs> he wasn't sleeping because he, he was the God of heaven. And Elijah had a word. And he called down fire on an altar that was saturated in water. And whoosh. Because he never sleeps. He's always working. And while, while Elijah had that, was having that contest, God is watching on, looking on. Looking on and at the right moment, at the right time, all of a sudden, he's ready to perform his word. See, sometimes it seems like he's not working, doesn't it? Seems like he's not working, but he's always working. He's always working. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 1 through 3, we've already read it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in the courts, restricted in the prison. Thus says the Lord, who made it, and the Lord who formed it, this covenant-keeping God. If you call on me, I will answer you. I will answer you. Never stop, never give up on calling on God. Someone just, you know, it's hard. We, as I said, we forget. We get weary. The Word says we know, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season, in God's season, in God's timing, when he's ready to perform his word, there's a whole lot of things going on under the ground, you know, where in seasons, isn't there? We're just looking at the daffodils coming up in our garden this morning, and they're just, they've been coming through the ground, and this cold, you know, frosty ground was real cold, you know, and they were the same ones that came up yesterday, last year, you know, they came up last year, but for whatever reason, over, this, over the summer period, they're not there. They're just doing their thing under the ground, just watching over the things. They're just getting ready, getting ready to start sticking their spikes up. In this, when it starts getting cold, and get after Christmas, and the spikes come up, and then all of, in a little while, there'll be daffodils there. We like the vines Suzanne was talking about in the vineyards. God says, well, the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. 
God is a God of absolutes. And there's something going on under the ground. We can't see it. You can have a packet of seeds you buy from Wilco over here. You know, a little packet of seeds is nothing to them at all. Just a little packet, little envelope with just a little few little bits of dust in there. And you put them in some soil. And nothing seems to happen. But there's something working. There's something working. There comes a time when he is ready to perform his word. And I believe there's things in your life Things in the life of this church, things in our lives that God is waiting to perform and He's getting ready. He's getting, the seasons are changing. The seasons are changing. If we just say, well, oh, I've seen it all before. Come on, the seasons are changing. In a time of prayer and fasting, a time of focus, when we're together, when we're in unity, it's a powerful place. I said, if two of you agree about any, on earth about any one thing that is done by my Father who is in heaven, aren't you glad He is in heaven? And He's watching over His Word. He's watching over it to perform it. Because once His Word is spoken, it's like a seed, isn't it? Sometimes we say that God has spoken and He hasn't. We need to be very careful. Don't just throw, throw things out there. When we have a word from God, it's like a seed. And as we're praying and fasting as a church and as individuals, and uh, you know, God is doing, we'll do things corporately. He'll do things individually. He'll do things for families. He'll do things. We'll see things change that we've been waiting to, we've been expecting to change for a long time. It says, "Call to me, and I'll answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you have not known." How many, how many believe God can do great and mighty things? I believe, you know, we haven't seen a half of what God is able to do. He says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can ever think or ask. Beyond our understanding, beyond our imagination. He says, great, how, now how many times do you need to see that take place? Great and mighty things that you don't understand. I believe God wants to do things that we don't really understand. We just trust Him for. Things we can't get our head around. Things we can't get our, into our natural minds. Don't ever forget we're spiritual. These great and mighty things, you know, you hear talk about, you know, my best life and success and that sort of thing. Great and mighty things go beyond that. Things we don't understand. See, I believe the great and mighty things that we don't understand are God's best life for you as individuals and the church. Great and mighty things we don't understand are His best. But you see, God is so aware of your situations and your circumstances and your challenges. But He is also so aware of His plan for the church. The church and life church and your life. He is looking for people, I believe, who will call on his name. 
who will call on his name, like, like Jeremiah speaks there. He will call on my name, and I will hear and see great and mighty things that you don't understand will take place. You know, we know that his word says, if my people who will humble themselves, people who will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven. I will come and heal the land. I will bring those great and mighty things which you don't understand. To a people, if we will, people who will humble themselves and pray. Sometimes it's difficult humbling ourselves. If we will humble ourselves and pray and seek my face, seek my face, seek, seek Christ and all He is. People who will, people who will get over, we will get over ourselves and align ourselves with. The will of God. Now, we're not the most important person on earth. People who will have an eye to see what God is doing. I believe sometimes we, we, we miss what God is doing because we spiritually close our eyes. People who will have an eye to see what God is doing and a people who will have an ear to hear what God is saying. An eye to see what He's doing. Don't become so blinkered. Remember when I was a child, a horse used to come by our house every Saturday morning with a cart of vegetables on the back and he had, this horse had blinkers on his eyes. Never knew what they were for. The idea my parents told me was so he could make, always see straight. He wasn't distracted by what was going on either side of him. And sometimes we get so blinkered, we don't see what's going on either side of us. But are people who have an eye to see what God is doing and are people who have an ear to hear what God is saying. Because I believe he is watching over his words to perform it. He's watching over his word. We, you know, that is what he does. That's what he does. He watches over his word. When his word has gone forth. It has a purpose. And if it's God's purpose, he's going to watch over it. When you do so, when you when you when you Invest in something. You watch over that investment. Not just talking about financial investment, but just an investment you make. If you if you buy something, you know you you start you start yourself on a journey somewhere. You're watching over. You're keeping an eye on it. God is watching over His word to perform it. Remember the account of Jesus when he was when he when he was going to. He was just ministering around. That's what Jesus did, and he. Healed people, set people free, cast out demons, did all sorts of things. And a man came to him, a man whose daughter was sick, Jairus' daughter. You know the story. He said, Will you come and heal my daughter? She's sick and she's not well. And Jesus starts that journey towards Jairus' house. And on his journey towards Jairus' house, he gets interrupted by the woman who has the issue of blood. But on that journey 
towards Jairus' house, having getting in, got, got interrupted. How many of you feel like sometimes when God has a word for you, you know, you get on a journey for it and it gets interrupted? You may be in that place right now, feel like it's been an interruption in God's word coming to fulfillment for you. But even while Jesus is seeing the healing of the woman with the issue of blood, he is still watching over his word to perform it because he's spoken it. Someone had faith to believe that God's word was true and it would work. And you may feel like you, the word, you've ever felt that the word has been overlooked. And when, they, when, he, when, he, when the, the, the delay had, got so, had been so long that the little girl had died, they came to him and said, don't, don't need to bother now because she's died. You've taken too long. You were delayed. You overlooked the word. No, he didn't overlook the word. And when, he, when, when they came with him and told him that the little girl had died, it was too late. He said, she isn't dead. She's just sleeping. How did, she, how did he know she was just sleeping? Because he was watching over his words to perform his words. When he gets to the house, we know how Jesus you know, just went into that little girl's room where she was sick and there's all this drama going on. It's amazing how some people love a drama. Of course, they were distraught because the little girl had died because they didn't understand that God was watching over his words. If God is watching over his word, it's not over till it's over. See, he had already spoken a word and he was watching. See, we need to believe in the power of just one word. I love that song we sing, just one word. You know, but we need to be a people who believe in the power of the one word. If God is watching over it, he's watching over that word. You know, Jesus, when he heard about his friend Lazarus had died or his Lazarus was sick. You know, how frustrating. For Lazarus' sisters to come and ask Jesus, Lazarus, your friend is sick. Expecting him to just rush there, making it a priority. And he stays two more days where he is. <laughs> he stays two more days. Delaying. The touching of a sick man who his sisters think and believe Jesus is able to heal him. If you come, he'll be well. Please, Jesus, we know you're the healer. Our brother, your friend, you, you know Lazarus, we're buddies. And yet Lazarus is sideline, and Lazarus laying there sick. He eventually dies and he gets put in the tomb, doesn't he? See, we know the end. See, too many people have an opinion before the end. Hello? Too, too many times, you know, we have an opinion before the end. We have an idea. We have a thought. We already have the answer, but it hasn't finished yet. See, we, we need to believe before we see the end. 
He is watching over his word to perform it. If you don't know the end, don't have an opinion. Hello? Jesus could see the end. You know, Lyris' family and friends, they couldn't see the end. But Jesus could see the end. Lazarus' sisters and friends and those who were calling on Jesus to go and heal him. They couldn't see the end, but Jesus could. There's no panic. Don't panic. I'm watching over my word to perform it. See, the reports may say something different. But they don't know the end. They don't know the end. He is watching over his word, ready to perform it. If you go to the Old Testament, there's a lad called Joseph. He was in a place that he believed was in a place of privilege. Maybe it was his coat that made him think he had a place of privilege. He had a coat of many colors. He thought that was his key, maybe. And he clearly had a word. He clearly had a word when he had his coat. He had that dream, didn't he, about the dream that he had about his, all that stuff that was going to take place. But he, had a, he clearly had a word that was 13 years in the making. 13 years of holding on while he aligned with God's watching. See, God for those 13 years was watching over his word to perform it. He had a plan for Joseph. Joseph got hold of the word. Maybe we would say he, he spoke out that word too soon. We had a little bit too much reliance on his coat that he had, thought that was his key. But for 13 years in the making, he went through a pit and he went through Potiphar's house and he went through a prison before he got to that place of standing in that place of authority in that place where that he's seen. The place where that the word spoke of, the end. You know, I believe that Joseph, when he, when he found himself in the pit, he could still see the end because he believed in the words. And he believed that God was watching over it. He just had to align his life with God's watching word. And that's maybe one of the keys for my life, for your life. That we align our life. We bring our life in line with, his, with him and his watching over his words. And see, not only is he watching over his words, but he is watching us watching over his words. God is not mocked. You can't mess around. He's watching us, watching over his word. But you see, I believe God is ready. He is ready to perform it. Even though it seems like he may be not working, he is watching over his word. He's still working. I think we sing a song around those lines, don't we? Even though it seems he's not working, he's still working. It seems he isn't working, but he's still working. 
It seems everything is challenging us. Everything is difficult. Everything is, he's forgotten about what's going on. Does he not see? Does he not hear? Does he not, is he not listening? No, he's watching over his word. Even though it seems he's not working, he's still working. And he's watching over his word. He is ready to perform it. And church, we, as a church, you know, we've got words that he's watching over. As individuals, as family, we've got words he is watching over. I sometimes think of all the things that are going on. There are so many areas in our lives right now where we could do with seeing some breakthroughs. There are things that feel like restrictions. Anybody else feel like that? You've got some things in your life that feel like restrictions. You said yes at the beginning. You're still saying yes towards the end. You've got some things in your life that still feel like there's some restrictions. If they weren't there, how much easier would it be? Maybe God has wanted to teach you something about watching his word that he is watching, coming into alignment with him. I believe times of prayer and fasting are really helpful in that. You know, being part of the body of Christ, being part of a great church is part of that. You know, aligning, aligning our, our watching with his watching of his words. Many of us need breakthroughs. It'd be so, I believe he's able to do things that we don't even understand, don't even know about. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? When he says, I'm watching over my word. I'm watching over, what do you see? He says, I see a branch of an almond tree. I see a branch of an almond tree. Remember, we are, he is a covenant-keeping God. So Jeremiah, what do you see? I see the branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. And he's seeing this branch from an almond tree which is springing into life, which is the first thing that starts to, it's like the daffodils in the garden. I am ready to perform my words. I believe we're in a season, church. I believe we're in a season where God is ready to perform his word. There are things that are going to take place. We're expectant. And there are things that we, maybe we didn't, don't even understand. If you jump ahead, 33 chapters, moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time while he was still shut up in the courts, while he was still restricted, while he was still contained, while he had all this stuff. You know, you can and you can't do this. And if this wasn't here and this wasn't here, I'd better do this. Thus says the Lord who made it. The Lord who formed it to establish it. The covenant-keeping God. Call on me. And I will answer you. Call on me and I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Church, God wants to show you great and mighty things. He's almost like he wants to, I believe there's some people in here, he wants them to, wants to almost elevate them. Not to a physical place, but to a spiritual place. Show, show you great and mighty things. Things maybe you never understood, but now you understand. Great and mighty things. Opportunities that you never thought were possible will become possible. Show you great and mighty things. Sometimes we don't always believe so much that God can do great and mighty things. We, try, we sort of tone down what God wants to do because of our culture, because of our circumstances. 
great and mighty things. Who, who in this place, you know, believes that God has great and mighty things for you? If you, if you believe God's got great and mighty things, stand up, stand up on your, on your feet. Let's have the worship team back here just to come for a moment. And if you, got, if you believe that God has got great and mighty things, or if you're here this morning and you believe that there are words over your life that God has spoken, but like you feel there's restrictions, and some of those restrictions could just be so simple. Sometimes we try and big, you know, big up our thoughts and try and make something a little bit more dramatic than it needs to be. I, I, I sometimes think we we big up big up our thought life. Sometimes, sometimes it's good to big up our thought. Life. Other times, it's something right in front of us. If that if this wasn't, just trying to think of some examples without. wasn't living in this house, but lived in that house. If my job was here and my job wasn't there or whatever, if, if it just, or it could just be something just so simple that if, if there was a slight, just, just a small barrier is removed, how much easier things would be. And they can be breakthroughs. They can be breakthroughs. See, I believe God is ready to perform His words. Ready to perform His words. What do you see? I see a branch of an almond tree. You sing good. I'm ready to perform my words. Come on, say, This is my season. See, this is my season. I tell you, God has seen you, has watched you watching His Word over your life. He's put a Word in you, and He's watched you faithfully praying and believing. So, I hope it didn't go on 13 years like it did for Joseph. No. For Lazarus, it was a few days. For, J- for Jairus' daughter, maybe just a day. When people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and call on my name. I will hear from heaven. If my people. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time while he was still shut up in the prison courts. Thus said the Lord who made it. This is the God of heaven. The God who is concerned with every aspect of your life. From the very complex parts of it to the very simple parts of it. Call to me. And I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things. Which you don't know, which you don't understand. But they will come into focus. Great and mighty things. Come on, don't ever. Stop believing if you haven't seen the end. Because God sees the end. And if God's spoken a word,
Such is my name that goes forth from my mouth. My word which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that for which it is sent. Sent. Just raise your hands where you are this morning. If you if you've got a if you know there's a word that God is watching over. Father, I pray this morning, every person, every one of us who has words which you are watching over. where we feel restricted. Father, I pray this morning, come on, raise your hands high. I pray, pray over every restriction that the chains be broken in Jesus' name. That those walls come down the breakthroughs take place. The chains, those shackles come off. As we call on your name, those words which you're watching over, those prison doors opened. That barrier shifts. The gates fling open wide. Bring breakthrough. In Jesus' name, bring breakthrough in Jesus' name. Where is sickness, bring healing. Where is lack, bring provision. Bring restoration where there's breakdown. Bring healing, Lord, we pray. You're watching over you, but even though it seems you're not working, you are still working. We haven't seen the end yet, so we still believe it. Your word is still working. It never changes. In Jesus' name, chains break. Cuffs come off. Barriers break down. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Now start thanking God for broken, thanking God for broken barriers. Thank God for breakthroughs. Thank God for the reason to release the floodwaters. Walls are coming down. Chains are breaking. Restrictions are lifting. Name your restriction. If you've got one, just name it right where you are. Just start thanking God for that and that, that which you're naming. Is broken down. God is still working. He is still working on your behalf. No matter what is going on in your life, He is still working. And He can break those chains. He can cut those ties. He can shift things from one place to another place. Hallelujah. He's greater is he who's than me who's in this greater is he who's in me than he who's in this world. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord for a moment.